Hello, listeners, and welcome back to the Unknown Friends podcast. Today you are listening to Season 2, Episode 33, and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Rochelle Ferguson from Kitty Wayne Productions, and you can always learn more about me and the plays I write by visiting my website, kittywayneproductions.com. And just a public service announcement, I am currently running a sale on all my Christmas dramas and skits. So if you're still looking for a script to use for your church or school Christmas program this year, just take a look at my plays to see if any of them might work for your group. The sale ends this Saturday, October 16th at midnight, so it'll be running for just a few more days. Now, let's get to this week's book review, which I am very excited about. So I am discussing a military sci-fi novel today, Operation Grendel by Daniel Schwabauer. And as I mentioned very briefly at the end of last week's episode, Dan Schwabauer is not only a novelist, but also a writing teacher. And he actually created the high school creative writing curriculum called One Year Adventure Novel, which I studied way back when I was a high school freshman. Um, I had an interest in writing from a pretty young age, but it was most definitely the One Year Adventure Novel curriculum that gave me an understanding of what it takes to write a good story, um, and it cemented my desire to be a writer when I grew up. For a while, I hoped to be a novelist, and I eventually found myself unexpectedly writing plays, and I loved drama and dialogue so much that that turned out to be a really good fit for me. So here I am a few years later as a playwright with my publishing company, Kitty Wayne Productions. Anyway, all that to say, I personally owe a lot to Daniel Schwabauer, and I was just stoked when I learned last year that he was releasing a new novel in 2021. And not just any novel, but a Christian science fiction novel called Operation Grendel that sounded super cool, um, as indeed it is. So Operation Grendel was published earlier this year, in March, which makes it the most recent release I've reviewed up to this point on the podcast. Uh, the Door on Half Bald Hill is a pretty close second, since it was released last year in May of 2020, but Operation Grendel is even hotter off the press. Uh, the book falls into the genre of military sci-fi, but the main character and narrator is a journalist, so that somewhat changes the, the tone or perspective of the story. But the thing that I find most intriguing about the book is that it's very mental, very focused on the psychology of the characters more than um, the warfare and military negotiations that are going on. The interest of the story is centered in what the characters think and feel and say. Um, the effort to decipher who you can trust and who you can't, and just the mind games that are going on throughout the story. Dan Schwabauer himself said in an interview that Operation Grendel almost crosses into the genre of a psychological thriller. Not quite, but it leans in that direction. So, so Operation Grendel is set in a future fictional world where interplanetary travel is common and quick, as you would expect with science fiction, 
And in this universe, there has been a war going on for 28 years between the United Colonies and the Grand Alliance. Now, it's human beings involved on both sides of the war, no aliens or anything, but the people of the United Colonies call the people of the Grand Alliance Grendels, and they're honestly not even sure how to define Grendels. All they know is that the Grand Alliance people, the Grendels, are somehow under the power of artificial intelligence. Now, artificial intelligence, or AI, is a very big deal in this book and in this future universe. In fact, all people on both sides of the war have these little wristband things called, uh, it's called a comms, and it functions a lot like a little computer or phone or something, but the artificial intelligence of the comms device is somewhat connected to its wearer's brain. So even for people in the United Colonies, when you're wearing a comms, which is all the time, you can do basically the equivalent of talking to Siri, but it's all in your head. You don't have to speak out loud. Now, the difference between the United Colonies' use of AI and that of the Grand Alliance is that the Grand Alliance people, or the Grendels, have AI that is more deeply integrated into their brains. It's more intrusive, more controlling. The United Colonies folks don't know for sure how deeply integrated or or how exactly it functions. But essentially, this war is between the United Colonies who think of themselves as the champions of autonomy, free will, free thought... Um, against the Grand Alliance, whose people are seemingly slaves to AI. So that's the situation. And this war has been going on for almost 30 years. And frankly, right now, it's not looking too good for the good guys, the United Colonies. So their government and military are trying to come up with a plan to, if not defeat, at least hold off the enemy for a while. And so a temporary peace treaty is in the works, but the cost for peace will be that the United Colonies must hand over several planets and their inhabitants to the Grand Alliance. Now, is this a wise decision? Well, you'll have to read the book to find out. But our main character gets involved in all this in an unexpected way. So the hero and narrator is a military journalist named Raymond Dahl, and at the start of the novel, he has been invited to sit in on the super-secret negotiations about to happen to try to get this peace treaty settled, and he is brought into the situation because he is a popular journalist with the inhabitants of the planets about to be handed over to the enemy, and so he is needed to sell the situation to these people, to try to get them to accept it and cooperate with the peace treaty. So Raymond meets with the guy in charge of the negotiations on the United Colonies side, a high-ranking officer in the psychological operations branch of the military, named Captain Ansel Sterling. 
So they meet, discuss the mission, discuss Raymond's role, and Raymond agrees to attend the negotiations and write the story he's being asked to tell to convince people that this treaty is going to be for the best. But then everything turns upside down. Stuff blows up, literally. People get killed, and most alarmingly, Captain Ansel Sterling is shot and dies before he and Raymond have even met the Grendels to begin negotiations. And because there's no one else, before he dies, Captain Sterling tells Raymond to impersonate him and conduct the negotiations himself. Obviously, this is a very high-risk move. Raymond Dahl doesn't know nearly as much about what's going on as Captain Sterling did. And if he's caught impersonating Sterling, he will almost certainly be court-martialed. But Raymond accepts the mission because he's never had the chance to get the scoop on a story this big. And he really wants to be the one to tell it to the world. Now, Raymond's only help comes from Captain Sterling's comms device, his wristband with artificial intelligence, which Raymond puts on in exchange for his own comms after Sterling dies. But the AI in Sterling's comms is interesting. Uh, Raymond is a little bit surprised and disturbed by its knowledge and power, and he's not certain whether he can trust it. Uh, but all he can do is try to carry out the mission, the peace treaty negotiations, as best he can, as Captain Sterling would have done. But as you'd expect, he is walking a treacherous path, and both physical and mental dangers confront him at every turn. So if this plot summary doesn't intrigue you, let me just tell you straight up, I found Operation Grendel to be a supremely intriguing story. The first half or so I read rather slowly, trying to, to take in all the details and unfamiliar terms and, and little plot twists that already cropped up in the early chapters. But then the second half I read in a single day, because by that point... I found it hard to put the book down. And that's not normal for me, especially uh, reading the hard copy of a book and not an audiobook. I do not usually get through half a novel in one day. So that alone should tell you it's a pretty fascinating story. And as I've said, this book is a mental puzzle between suspicious artificial intelligence devices, military plots, psychological stratagems, and a main character who is impersonating someone else, this is a complex story uh, with lots of layers and some truly mind-bending plot twists. You never know who you can trust, who Raymond can trust, and once in a while you even wonder if you can trust Raymond, because he tells you from page one that he's a journalist, and journalists lie for a living. So he keeps you on your toes as you follow his narrative. And I admit the story and setting were so complex that especially in the first few chapters, I was a little confused at times. 
mainly because the book starts in the middle of things, in medias race. And so it just took a few chapters for me to find my feet in the story. But I don't think the confusion was a bad thing. If anything, I think it increased rather than decreased my interest in the story because I wanted to solve what was puzzling me. Now, a further layer of interest and meaning in Operation Grendel comes from some older narratives that it's tapping into. The first connection that struck me was to the Anglo-Saxon story of Beowulf, a very old tale about a hero who defeats a series of monsters. First, a creature named Grendel, then Grendel's mother, and finally a dragon. Now, I'm not sure how deeply we're supposed to read into the association between Operation Grendel and the legend of Beowulf, um, but the obvious connection is simply in the Grendel name. In Dan Schwabauer's novel, the Grendels are the enemy, and in the Beowulf story, Grendel is the first enemy monster Beowulf must fight and vanquish. Now, I think there may be some other connections uh, for instance, between the dragon, the final enemy in Beowulf, and in the novel, the Grendel's artificial intelligence, which the good guys call worms, spelled with a Y. Uh, and that spelling of worm is an old-fashioned term for a dragon. In fact, it's, it's the old English word used frequently in the original Beowulf legend to refer to the dragon. So I, I do think there are multiple intentional links between the novel and Beowulf. What I'm even more sure of, because Dan Schwabauer himself has talked about this, is that Operation Grendel also harkens back to the fairy tale of Hansel and Gretel by the Brothers Grimm. In the novel, there are a couple of specific references as well as some more subtle ones, to Hansel and Gretel. Um, and just consider the name that our hero assumes. He impersonates Captain Ansel Sterling. The name Ansel is, to some extent, supposed to refer to Hansel from the fairy tale. Now, we don't have time to dig deeply into this, but... In an interview, Daniel Schwabauer said of his novel, quote, If you really study the original Hansel and Gretel, you'll see some of the same themes in it. So after I finished reading Operation Grendel, I went and read the original Hansel and Gretel, which isn't very long, and it's true. Uh, there's deception and betrayal, lots of tricks and schemes in both stories, and even some of the characters in Hansel and Gretel, I think, are somewhat reflected in Operation Grendel. The parents, for instance, of Hansel and Gretel somewhat remind me of Raymond Dahl's parents. It's really intriguing. If I go any deeper than that into the shared themes between the two stories, I will start spoiling Operation Grendel, and I definitely don't want to do that, so uh, I'll leave it there. But these are fascinating literary connections to consider. So to start bringing this episode to a close, I just want to talk about um, the merits of this novel, the essential themes it's exploring. 
on one level, Operation Grendel is very much about artificial intelligence and our dependence on it, and how tricky a thing that is. How much benefit we get from AI technology, and also perhaps how helpless we can feel without it. It's, it's kind of a scary technology. How much should we allow AI to access our minds and our lives? How much self-control are we surrendering when we allow ourselves to become dependent on this kind of technology? These are pertinent questions, vital questions, in today's world. But then there's another layer, a related but perhaps more universal question that Dan Schwabauer is asking in this novel. Are true stories more or less powerful than the stories we want to hear? Because those are often not the same, the true story and the desired story. When I hear a truth that I don't want to hear, do I accept it or reject it? Which do I value more, my wishes or reality? Now, this is clearly important. Our lives, our very souls, depend on the answer to these questions. And this is, I think, what makes Operation Grendel a book very much worth reading. It doesn't offer easy answers, because ultimately each of us has to answer personally, which do I value more, what is true, or what I want to believe is true. Operation Grendel portrays different characters who give different answers to this question, and they meet different fates in the end. The source and the quality of the stories we believe in life will determine our fate in life. So, I don't know, this novel may sound far-fetched, otherworldly, um, or over-elaborate, but it's really concerned with the center of life itself, which is truth, and what we choose to believe about ourselves and about the world we live in. I think it'll be useful if I read a small explanation of the novel from Dan Schwabauer himself. This is the Operation Grendel origin story, and it's not too long, about a half a page here, and I found it very helpful in specifically identifying the motives behind the book. So let me just share this with you in Daniel Schwabauer's own words, the Operation Grendel origin story. He writes, I've always been fascinated by the power of storytelling, especially as a lever for moving culture. For several years, I studied the development of modern propaganda, the rise and fall of yellow journalism, and the relationship of these to psychological warfare. This culminated in 2017 with a brief investigation into quantum computing and the rising popularity of transhumanism. Sometimes the best story ideas are combinations of things that have rattled around in the back of your mind for years. Operation Grendel is a keyhole glimpse of a future in which every person in the galaxy is bonded to an artificial intelligence. Some AIs are embedded in the brain, and some are snapped onto the wrist as a wearable device. 
I didn't realize when I started writing the book that Elon Musk had already launched Neuralink to create this technology in real life. I discovered the corporation after finishing my fourth draft. The use of this technology probably means a lack of autonomy. How can you think for yourself, or even know what you think, if your thoughts are constantly being shaped and influenced by a quantum computer wirelessly connected to your brain? Then again, is that all we really are as humans? Biological computers? I don't think so. But if not, then there will surely be resistance to the transhumanist movement. Which means, in a work of fiction, clearly opposing sides. One empire supports this integration of man and machine, the other places limits on AI technology. But Warring Empires was not a story I felt capable of telling. I wanted something closer to home, something smaller and more accessible, something more human. I wanted to show what a life spent entirely under the influence of an inner nanny, a substitute Holy Spirit, might look like. Well, who better to tell that story than a man who has, in his own way, been manipulating others through storytelling. In other words, a journalist. This fit my desire to write the story as military science fiction. Since I never had the honor of serving in the armed forces, I needed a way to give my narrator a believable voice. Corporal Raymond Dahl, a military reporter who barely scraped his way through reservist boot camp, fit the bill. Before long the story seemed to take on a life of its own. So that is the origin story of this novel from the author himself. And what I find particularly interesting is when he says that he wanted to show what a life would look like when spent completely under the influence of an inner nanny or a substitute Holy Spirit. That got my attention when I read that. A substitute Holy Spirit. I said early on in this episode that this is a Christian novel, but I haven't discussed that in depth. There is no soul winning in Operation Grundle, no um, Bible quoting, no presentation of the gospel, no references to the Holy Spirit in the book itself. That's not the kind of Christian story this novel is. The kind of Christian story that Operation Grendel is, in fact, I highly respect. It's a Christian story exploring real, relevant issues of life in surprising and meaningful language, rather than trying to impose religious labels that end up actually clouding the issues because we all have preconceived notions about what those labels mean. This kind of Christian story is rare and hard to write, but really remarkable when it's written. For instance, this is a much cleaner book than you probably expect. There is no strong language, which you might think is impossible in a military novel, but Dan Schwabauer proves it can be done successfully. So there's no foul language. The violence is not excessive. It's there, but it's treated carefully. 
And while there is some mild sensuality, it too is carefully portrayed. And it's not included just for kicks. It's included for the sake of the deeper themes it's trying to convey. So in my mind, this is an impressive accomplishment. Operation Grendel is written for adults and older teens, but for that audience, I highly recommend it. I I think it's worth reading and rereading. In fact, you kind of have to reread it because it's such a psychological puzzle that you'll get lots more on a reread once you know how the story ends. So I thoroughly enjoyed it. I would love to talk more about it, but I don't want to risk revealing spoilers, so I will wrap up the review right here. If you choose to read the book or you've already read it, feel free to shoot me a message once you're through it, and we could continue this as a one-on-one conversation. I I would love to chat with you more about the wonderful plot twists and characters and themes in the story. So that's it for today. Thanks for listening, and remember to subscribe to the Unknown Friends podcast, and leave a quick review if you enjoyed today's episode. Now next week, we are going to be starting a series on the podcast, which I am so looking forward to, and I hope you all enjoy. The book I will be reviewing next Wednesday is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe the first book in C.S. Lewis's Chronicles of Narnia. And yes, in the six following weeks, I will be discussing the rest of the Chronicles in order of publication. The Narnia stories were deeply formative for me as a kid and teenager, and as I've been rereading them lately, I'm just reminded of their incredible beauty and wisdom and, and wonder and I can't wait to discuss each of these books in depth. So be sure to tune in next week for The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, whether you're new to the Narnia books or you're an old fan like me. As always, I'm your host, Rochelle Ferguson from Kitty Wayne Productions, and you can learn more about me and my writing by visiting my website, kittywayneproductions.com. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. Mm-hmm.